Welcome to the Poetry Drip. I am Paula Corteanu, and this is your new episode of Poems to Ignite Your Soul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Poetry Drip. I am honored and super excited to introduce to you Cesarina Trone. She is a poet, the author of The Art of Being a Woman, an international yoga teacher and retreat facilitator, a visionary artist. Cesarina is the co-owner of Lotus Heart Center in Ontario, Canada, and the founder of Mirador Yoga and Creativity School. Cesarina always worked with children um, from Romania to Africa to the United States, Canada, and now um, currently in Mexico. As a child herself, she spent summer nights in her parents' garden in the Romanian countryside, talking to flowers and the moon and writing words that nature transmitted to her. What really wowed me about her, it's her unique voice and singing, and you have to know about this. Quantum energy coach using light and sound codes I've never heard about it before. It's the first time I've heard about it when meeting her. And um, during her coaching and mentoring session, Jezarina sings spontaneous songs that are meant only for the person being guided. The sounds are unique and she will never sing the same song again. Having experienced this myself, if you take anything away from this episode, you have to meet Cesarina and have a session with her because it will blow your mind. Cesarina, you wonderful being. Welcome to the show. So happy to be here, Paula. This is such a beautiful day and moment to be together and, and weave magic on your beautiful podcast here with the poetry and um, the wonderful work that is happening in the world with it. I'm so glad to just spend time with you really you're just a, a pleasure to talk to and just a pleasure to be around and you're one of these people you can talk to for hours on end and you came into our poetry club and you're such a blessing you, you came to us by accident the happiest accident through a common friend who bumped into you into a cafe in Mexico that you, you never go to Mexico and he hardly ever go to Mexico but somehow you met in this cafe and he said poetry club and you buzzed and said I'm going into this poetry club and that's how we met and this is the wonderful ways that life works and I'm so so grateful for that moment because Truly, truly, I feel we're like soul sisters since I've met you. So I'm going to be honest about that straight up. Uh, favoritism on the Poetry Drip podcast for Cesarina. She's my Romanian girl, a modern mystic, um, I call you. And I think you call yourself as well because you are. Um, Cesarina, let's talk about poetry. Let's start with poetry because your life story is so fascinating. You traveled the world. You um, did all sorts of things that not many people do, but... Let's begin, you know, take it from, from the top. You know, how, how did you start writing poetry? Tell us about your experience with that as a child. Yes, um, it was a natural um, thing that happened for me with poetry. I would just be so um, overwhelmed with the beauty of um, the moon and uh, as a child, moon, flowers, everything in nature. And the moon in particular, Luna, as we call her in Romanian, um, she felt like she was my best friend and she would watch over me. And I would just sneak out of the room at night, out of the bedroom after my parents fell asleep and jump over the window and go into the garden. And it was all dark. And I would go and play hide and seek with the moon. That was my first poem uh, was called playing hide and seek with the moon. And I must have been seven or eight years old. I know that I was at least first or second grade because I wrote it myself. I didn't have to uh, have someone transcribe my words into paper. So um, I would go and pretend that I'm hiding behind trees and bushes and flowers in the garden. 
and she would look for me and then um, she would find me and I would giggle and then I would go try to chase after her. And that was that. Was that. Uh, from that moment on, I, I never stopped writing poetry. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. A mystical moment, a magical moment of connecting with the moon. And um, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've finished writing letters of the priestess and she's the priestess of the moon. So it's another coincidence that we share, <laughs> of course, coincidence, quote unquote coincidence. <laughs> Indeed, the moon, because you brought it up, what, what, what does the moon symbolize? What is the moon to you? You know, because we, we, we see this and sometimes when we see we associate it a little bit with Wicca or magic or witchcraft or things like that. And I feel that that's unfair. It's a very limited way to look at the symbolism of the moon. And somehow I, this, this came to me now. Let's talk a little bit about that, what, about what, what it means to you. What does it symbolize? If we look at it from the perspective of here I am a human looking at the beautiful moon, this body of, the, of light that is in charge of the world's tides and has such power, it's like a, has a spell on humanity, right? On humans, on the earth. And uh, if we look at that, then um, we, you know, we could sense or revere her as a goddess, as a divine feminine power. Um, however, as women, we have the ability, or girls, or perhaps men too, I'm tapping into as, as we get into this sense of stillness with the moon, whether it's a meditative state or just being quiet and at night, it, it happens often for me to go out even now at, as an adult, um, not necessarily playing hide and seek, but just being there under the moonlight and letting her bathe, um, pour her light into, into my being, bathe me. And as I do that, the more I do that, I could come into moments of oneness. I'll call them moments of oneness, moments of wholeness, where I'm no longer Cesarina being uh, resting under the moon. I am one with her. So this would be an invitation for those listening. You know, I think we have many options, many choices to define our experience by how we approach it. So if we approach it, I am here, bless me, O moon, I love you. You're the goddess of emotions and waters and illumination. And um, I'm, a, I'm a priestess of you and I follow you. I uh, practice rituals and that's beautiful. But there'll be moments when she might, with uh, our willingness to melt into that light of hers, to allow us to perceive that there is no me and there's no moon. Wow. There's only light. Oh, and, uh, this is brilliant. I get goosebumps as I listen to you. So it's exactly, I was going to ask you about this. Tell me about this. You, you said this before and... Um, it came about before we are only light and sound, right? We are particles of light, a particle sound. Talk a little bit more to us about that. And especially let's uh, let's um, consider maybe people don't know about quantum energy or don't necessarily understand the concept of quantum. Maybe if you could educate us a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah, and, and in light of how that connects with poetry and what we do as poets or writers, um, we are multidimensional beings uh, playing uh, our role in a human story. And if we, um, when we receive poetry, when we receive um, inspiration to write any poem, I'll give an example. I was a child that was playing with the moon and all of a sudden words just came and I put them on paper. Uh, nobody said uh, or prepared me to write poetry that way. Nobody ever said, go out in the garden at night. It was an impulse. It was a calling. It was something within that already knew how to, what to do. And for most poets listening or writers, it, it, it's, it's happened to them or perhaps they worked at it. Uh, however, we are under the spell of a muse and whatever the muse might be, the muse might be uh, a beautiful moment, a traumatic moment. A muse might be someone in our lives we love or someone who passed. 
uh, or the moon or the sun or the universe. Um, we are multidimensional here. So through poetry and through writing, we connect with so many dimensions of us. And we're able to do it as poets, even more so as artists, as visionaries, because we have sense, we have a way of um, developing these um, senses of ours, many more senses than just the five that we know, this, the sense of hearing, tasting, um, listening, looking, and, you know, um, touching. It's beyond that. We have these sensitivities that are very much so um, very receptive to other dimensions of us. And when I say other dimensions, I mean through dreams, through, um, you know, I'll give an example, you're walking through your home and you're quiet and you're in a daydreaming about something. And all of a sudden, your inner voice might tell you something or give you a revelation of something connected to something that happened that you've never thought that it could be perceived that way. Um, you saw something happened, uh, two friends hugging, and you thought, oh, that's lovely, and you let it go. Later, you realize as you're walking through your house, the hug wasn't just two friends hugging. There's something else happening under the surface. Mm -hmm. And you get a revelation about that. This is just a little example. Or you get a revelation about you and what happened long ago and how that connects with this moment. So it's like jumping through time and space, beyond time, beyond space, all these dimensions. And when we watch fantasy movies, we watch, you know, um, so many beautiful series out there that explore consciousness in, in a way. Um, new movies, um, I believe the newest one I've seen, The Eternals, for example, there are pieces in these movies that sort of give us a glimpse of who we are as quantum beings beyond our personality, beyond our human and humanness, which is a beautiful experience. Beyond all that, there's something else, a driving force that brought us here. Yeah. And we can call it, um, you know, our pure nature, our pure being that is huge, it's immortal, it's eternal, it's pure light, it's pure intelligence, it's, it's infinite super consciousness, whatever we want to call it. And we can define it, even with all our names that we give it. And so, to me, quantum is a field of mystery. And yet, we could play there and keep playing there and not get bored ever. Because um, as you and I have discovered when we did the session together uh, for you, I, I always say, I never know what's going to happen. Let's just close our eyes, relax. We're going to, I'm going to sing a song and the song will start to move to use the sound and the light vibration and we'll start to move and shift and open these uh, sensitivities we have, these senses. So then we may see as we close our eyes, colors, perhaps. Some people see, someone I spoke to recently saw what looked like um, the Iceland, Icelandic um, the, uh, aurora borealis, the colors. Mm -hmm. They're all different colors and they're moving and swirling through their body as the song was coming. Now that was unique a unique experience for me to hear because I have not seen that myself. But, you know, this this person, it actually was a uh, dear friend who is a male friend. And I was surprised because we think, oh, well, perhaps women are more sensitive to see colors and shapes. Yeah. No, he was sensitive enough to see colors and shape and I hadn't. So I was really excited. I said, tell me more. Well, they look like all these muted colors and they look exactly like the aurora borealis. And, and I said, so what is happening? It's, it's moving according to the sound. So the sound, um, we become the space of that color. So in that moment, if that person or if I was ready, I could have written a poem about their experience. So it could take me into that, quantum space so i do believe we do go there often we may not know we're going there but we're bringing from there pieces and weaves and threads and things that translate into language so that we can actually turn it into a form which is poetry and, wow. uh, and we are these we become these go in between i guess what would the word be we're going in and out of these dimensions and so we're connectors but beyond the word connectors i guess um you know we're travelers i get the, definitely definitely travel i get the uh, vision of a pendulum you know the pendulum yeah the pendulum, back yeah. 
you go in and you know, this yeah. and you keep bringing stuff in and out of it well that's such a beautiful um way of explaining quantum especially for people who don't understand so the fact that we're multi-dimensional we have different aspects of ourselves that's how i translate that for myself mm -hmm. even you know in more tangible and realistic way you know i'm a mother and i'm a woman mm -hmm. and i work in you know finance but i also am a poet and i draw and somehow there is a way that these things are not separate is what i'm hearing you're not separate yeah. in no yeah. way they are separate even though they seem that they are and even though they seem that they're unrelated and this is something that recently transpires more and more and more i find incredible ways in which my banking career my poetry are related which before they were totally different has nothing to do with one another but somehow they do and and it makes all of the difference in the way that i express myself it kind of builds the uniqueness and i love the fact that you connect everything with poetry which is really great you're 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 doing uh, really good here on the podcast, which is Arena for keeping reminding us about poetry, because I find and I I see you I see this in you as well, and tell me if it resonates or if I got it right. Since being seven year old, that child in the garden playing, poetry was for you the way that you brought things out into the world in a way that otherwise it's intangible and you cannot comprehend this, and that's why I find. In a, in a way, there's um, an injustice done to poetry in the way it's being taught to children or taught in schools. You know, we're taught to learn this by heart, uh, learn this sonnet, learn this form. And most of the people I speak with in my generation, they actually don't like poetry because they're associated with this forceful memorization of someone else's shape or form. But from especially a poetry like yours and people who now write free verse there is something in poetry that allows connecting these dots and allows expression expression of the language that otherwise wouldn't be possible right yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's a way poetry is almost like a healing uh, cathartic experience that we gift ourselves to translate how it feels to come to, to visit these places, they're mysterious, that aspects of future and whatever we're doing here that we have signed up to do. Obviously we have decided that we had to come be these beautiful humans or do some work here for a while. <laughs> and all of the other things we have forgotten because we had sign up to be uh, in a body and have a, a mission here as a woman or a, a man or whatever role we're playing um all those aspects of self all those mysteries we can bring some of that glimpses of it through translate them through beautiful language through poetry whether it's free verse or rhyming um and or creative writing and we bring them in any piece of writing and it's so comforting because i know every time i've written i've always read it back to myself first and it took a while before i shared with anyone because i i knew it was first for me then when i had integrated it when i had understood what a gift it was then i could set it free and then i was ready to okay now go go and and, and share the magic in the world for those who want to read you you know if you're <laughs> to have the conversation with your sweet uh sweet uh, children uh, poem ch poems as children you know our poems are like these children we sent out in the world that's and right they're babies babies yeah, babies. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that is that is so true and um i also relate to this in the sense of sometimes i write a piece of something and i never share it um i do have poetry that i never do share and based on what you say now I'm thinking is it whether because I'm not ready in a sense of like you said it hasn't integrated in me or it hasn't sunk in me or sometimes I wonder maybe you know there is a part of the artist that always stays with that artist maybe there is also a part of us that somehow just for us as well and just for our own uh, our own soul I don't yes. know yes 
and and only you know that so there are some pieces and and verses that are reminders for ourselves and i agree and maybe they're more uh personal because it could be something we're working through a let's give an example let's say we work through a traumatic thing in our lives and a poem came just as in almost like a message from ourself to ourself you got this you're getting through it and it and it served its purpose now if others in the future might be going through a similar situation they could use it and then we have to use our discernment okay let it go let others uh so again it's it's all personal and then it becomes um, an offering to all after a while but it's still our decision we always have that we we become into our yeah it's an intimate relationship with our own uh creation right so uh, our own creation our own um family of poetry uh, poems and we decide who's ready to go out in the world and who's staying home <laughs> who's living home who's living home for all for a while so yeah, yeah. Line, line them up and ask them are you staying are you going that's really good Tizarina I think you're really are a visionary artist and you're uh, multi-talented in the sense that you draw so you visual you also sing and you write uh, but you're also a very down-to-earth person which I find very rare in in such a creative spirit and um one of the things you do that's really touching and I love is this Mirador Yoga Center for Children and the way you integrated poetry into young children's development. And I would love you to share a bit about that because I want our listeners to hear how can we integrate poetry more in our lives and how can we teach our children to love it and not to associate it to something forceful because it's such a loss, I feel. If, if we if we don't do that that's a great point thank you for reminding me of this because um, um as i used to live in uh, cincinnati ohio for a while uh, eight years i um i would work with children with mindfulness and, and yoga and then i realized you know i need to bring some poetry some love of poetry to these children because they're the age of children that I was, uh, the same seven, eight, uh, between six and 10, right? That was the big, the most popular group I worked with. And I thought, I have to try this with them. At least give it a try once and see what I find. And I was blown away. I was blown away what I found um, when I first did this. Um, the five or six-year-olds, some of them didn't know how to write yet. So the, the kindergarten. Um, I had them um, think of someone they love. I, I gave an example, think of someone you love. I gave them the story of me riding to the moon. That was important that I shared what happened for me as a child and they connected with that story. So you may not be out in the garden at night. I'm not telling you leave your room and go do what I did as a child. <laughs> However, you may have someone you like, you have a cat, a dog, you have a, a plush animal, a stuffed animal, you have something in your room. Think of that for a few moments, perhaps grandmother and grandfather who have passed and you miss them. That's okay. You can write to them. So I gave them a little, like a little, what's the word? Focus, a little point of focus. That's all they needed. And then I gave them piece of paper. Those who didn't know how to write the five, five-year-olds, I said, I know some of you can't write words yet, but you can whisper to me what you want me to write down. So I went around and I had, you know, 10 to 12 children and it took me a while. And I went around and I let the ones who know to write to, to color, to scribble, to draw. And, and then at the end, everyone, we went around, I wrote down what the little children gave me and I, I laid everything out and I, I told them, I'm borrowing your poems. Those I can't read right now, I'm borrowing them, taking them with me and next week I'll bring them back because I want to transcribe them. And we shared some, then we said goodbye. And I went home and I was blown away. I still have bits and pieces of these uh, poems. I don't have them in front of me right now, but I actually was able to transcribe them and put them into little books for the parents. So they have a memory of their child writing poetry at age five and six and, and seven and, and eight for the first time. And some of the poems are so beautiful, so pure, so magical that I would go back and read this to myself to remind my inner child, wow, look at this. 
look at what's possible. And for, of course, from that session, that first session, it gave me this great idea to continue to add the writing piece to the movement and the breathing and what we're doing with mindfulness. And then I felt that we were complete. We have this, the, the emotional side taken care of, the, the physical side, the well-being part of the, the whole child. And so for those who might be listening to, to your pod, your wonderful podcast, Paula, if they are parents and you're listening and you're inspired, please know that it all begins at an early age. And it begins with reading, get a book of poetry that you love, that moves you. Maybe it's poetry for children or poetry for, you know, about nature. Um, and start reading together. And before bedtime, instead of uh, a story, you can start reading some poetry. And it starts this, this love of verse, this love of, of the language, of the imagination starts like that. And then um, the, the mom, the dad, they don't have to be, you don't have to be a poet or, or published poet at all or poet in any mm -hmm. way. You can, however, read the poetry, enjoy it with them and you plant the seed. So you plant an incredible seed because children will pick that up. They'll start journaling. Journaling is incredible for them to draw, to journal, to write what they feel. And it's, it's a beautiful tool uh, for calming their minds, for de-stressing. And so you would see how amazing it is. Just the small gesture of reading and you know, sharing the feeling of poetry with the child. Um, let's say you read a poem, let's talk about the moon again, about the moon and how beautiful she is before mm -hmm. bedtime. And you might say to the child, oh, I love this poem. What did you think of it? And the child might have nothing to say. Say, well, I loved how they described the moon soothing, soothing and the light. And however they described the moon there, let's say it was putting us singing a song to putting us to sleep. And I love how they, they made the moon sound like it was a person who was loving, like a mother. And, and I'm giving an example, I'm making up an example. Just by expressing, opening ourselves love to the child, we teach them emotional well-being. And so through, through this, emotional well-being is achieved through poetry. So all these tools that you know come in handy practically, like you said, we, let's be practical with all mm. of this. Because it is um, um, it is a gift to share with others. Whether we write our own poetry or simply use anybody's poetry, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, that is that is great. I mean, fantastic. Thank you so much for reminding us reading poetry, not just for the children, but just for ourselves as well. You know, as as adults, but especially creating that habit um like you said bringing that rhythm and the magic of the verse into the child's imagination which creates already a different way of thinking of different pattern of of showing um or externalizing emotion that's actually a really wonderful tip i never actually thought of that i'm thinking back have i ever read poetry to benito as a child no but we did read a lot and we read um quite crazy stuff as well like very <laughs> but absolutely um yeah so you read read poetry to your to your children and you described the what you did in the center the yoga center you simply basically you simply gave almost um like a, a focus you called it uh, but we can call it prompt you know you, you give a you give a prompt to someone and just let let them flow with it which is great just earlier we had a poetry um group and i'm going to share this with you and and with the listeners and my friend dana from childhood dropped in she dropped in because I wrote the theme for this week is love. And uh, as soon as she um, just heard it for some reason, she's a very busy mom. She's got two small children, works full time. She really doesn't have time to write. For whatever reason, she wanted to write a poem about love. It was beautiful. It was about everything around us being love, our dogs, our cats, the trees, everything. And after she hanged up, she quickly called me just now before speaking to you just to tell me that her son saw her uh, note and she asked mom what did you do what, what was this thing that you did and then her son said mom I want to I want to come to this poetry club and read poetry myself and I, I, that blew my mind I really I was, I was super super touched and um, 
yeah, Sean is a boy, you know, and uh, they teach him sports at school as any other boy. And, you know, you, you, you said earlier about, and this is, uh, I think I'm leading up to this point with this um, mention about Sean. So he's a boy, a, a boy raised in a man's world. And um, yeah, it's not easy, especially as men. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, dichotomy or this separation, perceived separation between men and women or male and female. I also write about this in my book. Um, I just wanted to say men are not the enemy. Men are mm -hmm. not the creators of patriarchy. In a sense, uh, women and men are equally, uh, if you like, not guilty, but they're responsible of internalizing it. And for example, I'm thinking now as a mother raising a son, I mean, we are the mothers and we're the feminine representation in this form. How do we raise our sons? Do we read poetry to our sons? You know, do we encourage him like, oh, yeah, tell me what you think love is. I mean, how many of us can say that in my generation or, you know, we're both Romanian Eastern Europeans. I'm pretty sure how many Eastern European moms or um, and any moms uh, for that matter have said to their son yeah tell me tell me what you think love is and make a poem about it I really 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 don't think there's many many mothers out there so yeah I wanted to ask you because you touched upon the point of you had a male friend who saw something about the sensitivity difference of sensitivity between men and female do you think do you think it's true? I mean, you know, someone said, um, I heard this the other day, oh, men are not so sensitive or almost like they're uh, less evolved in the sensorial aspect. What, what would you say about that? What's your experience, especially working? I think it's, that is changing because uh, all beings, men, female, have the opportunity in every moment to open up to these gifts. Um, and it, it does help when you're young and you do have like uh, uh, your friend, uh, uh, the mother with the son who she paid attention to his request. Oh, I want to come to this point. She's going to do something about that. She's going to nourish now her son mm -hmm. into that direction, knowing that it's not taking away from who he's becoming is actually um, enhancing his ability to function in the world. Um, and uh, you know, um, I think it's something to be encouraged as wives, as um, girlfriends, as partners. We should always encourage uh, our other uh, beloved, you know, the, the, the husband, the boyfriend to uh, show emotions when, when the moment comes and they want to. But, you know, um, we, we, you know, we have to remember we have been all raised in a culture, all cultures, most cultures. Uh, whether it's Eastern Europe or uh, US or Canada, or we are raised to still believe, you know, that, you know, uh, you have to be tough and strong and you, sh you show no emotion. Or if you have some sensitivity, just get it all together because it's not about that. It's about, uh, you know, being in charge of something and, and getting it done. And um, again, those are uh, limitations we were raised with. And uh, the time has come to see them for what they are. They're just conditionings. And, you know, there's no black or white. We, we should live in this uh, world of full spectrum possibilities, right? So um, all the beautiful gifts that every soul, every being, man or woman uh, has come to display here should be appreciated and honored. And uh, <laughs> when I was uh, teaching the after-school clubs to children, um, uh, you know, before I moved to Canada years ago, um, I had boys and girls mixed in the classes. And there's quite a few boys here and there that they wanted to come do the yoga class. They would also go to a dance class uh, or a ballet or, and, you know, and girls and boys got used to this. This was a normal thing. No one was, oh, it's strange that that boy wants to go in the ballet class. Well, let him go to, you know, to the ballet class because there's something there for him. He's still gonna grow up and to be a man but he needs to have the ballet class. And when he's nine or 10 to experience what it feels to have a gentleness and a feminine aspect of him expressed, right? And um, same for women, you know, uh, are we allowing ourselves um, in, in a world where is sort of teaching women how to be tough and strong and be in the corporate world yeah. and be more like a man? Have we forgotten what it means to be sensual and lovely and beautiful and soft? And 
um, quiet sometimes? Or do we need to always be in charge and in control and independent, you know, and be like a man? So there are all these beautiful, interesting um, questions to to be raised. Um, but yes. yeah. I put my hand <laughs> up and say, yes, I have. And it says, yes, I have forgotten to do that. And um, I write about it. And that's one of the, you know, one of the reasons or not the reason, but I suppose also a natural effect of me trying to remember hang on a minute yes i do live in a patriarchy and corporate world it's basically a place that raises um women being like men but i did somehow have to remember the hard way i suppose and yeah it took, took me some time and i'm still doing it you know so now it's a daily job it's a daily thing of of balancing out you know balancing mind ration with emotions also with physical thank you for reminding us about the physical i was talking about this with my sister as well <clears throat> so many of us uh we just limited to the mind and the heart so we either are rational or we're emotional if you're a leader in charge like i said if you're in charge of something apparently be more rational and forget about emotions um, and if you're an artist, uh, you know, reject the rational, the form, and that's how it imbalance starts. But then what about the third part and the most important, the body, you know, the body that hosts everything. So yeah, I, I mean, that's such a, such a big topic in, in itself. And I'm yeah. thinking I'm opening Pandora's box and I, I'm, I'm taking advantage here of all your broad knowledge and Cesarina, but no, thank you for just reminding us of, of that balancing act that we do, whether we're men or women or whatever gender we identify ourselves as, we do somehow need to strike a balance. And it seems that poetry uh, for one way or another, um, it's one of the greatest tools to do that, whether you write it or whether you read it. And I hope that really does encourage people to do have a bit more poetry in their lives and just give it a chance, will you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sarina, um, you will be reading today, right? You will be reading a poem yeah. for us yeah. today. And I asked you before we started to also tune in and see if you feel like singing as well, singing anything that would um, be absolutely amazing. And I do want to mention, I want to mention Brian somehow. Brian is your friend who passed away recently and he's present with me. You told us a beautiful story about Brian and his dedication to um, education, to living in very um, modest conditions in Africa and dedicating his life to um, bridging cultures in Niger and um, he passed away very very early through violent death that many of us feel he didn't deserve um, mm -hmm. you know uh, the victim of someone who was mentally unwell so he is present here somehow and I wanted to bring that up um, again uh, I wish we had more episodes and I wanted to come back for more episodes because your life itself is such a beautiful story to put story the way you travel to Africa that our discussion today um, was mostly about poetry um, so I did want to mention Brian and I want to also mention that you're gathering in his memory or you considering gathering in his memory a collection of stories right do you want to talk a little bit just a little bit about that a couple of minutes yeah yeah I I um my dear friends Brian's uh, name in African uh, language nickname is, is I'm going to use the present tense, um, is Barke, B-A-R-K-E, and it means blessing. So um, the day after I found out about the sudden death and still a little bit of shock and holding that energy of, of grief in my own way, I'm, I'm here, I was here in Mexico walking to see the sunset. And I sat down uh, and um, um, with my little notebook and just feeling that sense of what a blessing this life has been. It's been a short life, 40, 44, 45 years, yeah. a short life, a sudden exit. Uh, however, now the real mission of this beautiful soul begins because the stories will continue to um, give us the glimpse what, why life is so, why life is so precious. 
why our existence is so precious and what makes up an existence, what makes it so important. And, you know, so I, it felt as if he was right there whispering in my ear, my inner ear, I love this. Let's do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to be along for the ride in a different way not next to you in the classroom or whatever, sitting in a cafe to talk about it or on Zoom, but we're doing it. You're here and I'm in the other uh, dimension with no more uh, body of uh, flesh and bones uh, to mm. show, but um, to inspire. And so, um, so that really excited me to write down that thought just the day after the big sudden news. And so it's been almost three weeks now and I, um, I actually been writing to several people around the world who know him and just taking my time to let it be a journey of love and just um, going around and asking them, will you please share a little story, a little something that touched you about what Brian um, represented for you in your life, what he brought to you that changed you forever. And that's what we do for each other. And I, I, uh, that's what you do, Paula, with this podcast. That's what we do with, the, with these conversations. We are walking away after listening or chatting in this podcast a new, as a new being. And to me, that, that is, you cannot, it's beautiful. It's beyond beautiful. It's a poem in itself. So if we're to think in terms of, can my life, can Brian's life, can our life be a poem? What is a poem? It's a, it's a sequence of letters and shapes and, and energies and feelings that somehow congeal, they become solid in a form we call poem. But what is, what is the life of a poem? What is the energy of a poem? It's like a symphony. Uh, um, it's like, it has a rhythm. what is it? Rhythm comes to breathe it in, to live it, to, uh, to you become the poem we become the poem our life could be a poem is mm -hmm. a poem in a way if we so desire to experience that or see it that way yeah wow what an image life like a poem life is like yeah. a poem life life could be a, a poem every stage of verse right a verse in our exactly another beat another another kind of rhyme another kind of rhythm beautiful well, I can't wait to read Brian's um, Becca's life. Um, I just wanted to mention him just to honor his memory. And I just want to say that when hearing his life story and seeing pictures that you shared, I was just thinking, oh my God, I, I love this man. I have never met him, but I love him. And he, you know, where are people like this? We need more people like this in the world. And I hope that more people like this show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just wanted to mention that. Cesarina, beautiful. Please read to us something yeah. from your collection, yeah. The Art of Being a Woman, whatever you feel called to share with us. Yes, I'm going to read this longing of light because we've been we've been tapping into through this conversation into feeling more of these other dimensions of ourselves coming here in conversation with us. The longing of light. Every day you can write your life story with a special ink, a deeper silence added in between moments. So you can hear most delightful songs of new creations being constantly woven from within, constantly humming the longing of light to be embodied in you, in me, in whatever we touch with our presence, with our eyes, with our voice, and everything else in between. And it's interesting, I real, I'm realizing as I'm reading this poem that it truly goes hand in hand with, with our spontaneous description of life as a poem. I, that was not something I intended to. <laughs> so I love the synchronicity of that. I noticed that and I was wondering if you connected that on purpose, but no, you haven't. Oh, such a beautiful way, the longing of life. So the longing of life is to live as poetry. Mm -hmm. 
longing of life to live as a poem, as poetry itself. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful energy and vibes. Blessings to you, beloved. I would like, would like to call each other beloved. We're, um, I used beloved in the letters that I wrote in the book. And then I noticed you uh, using the word beloved and nobody uses beloved unless they're trying to make fun of something. So I really love that you do use it. And I do love to use the word beloved because it, it, it means be loved. It's be loved and it's an expression of almost like a calling rather than an expression. It's a, a statement of how to live. Uh, be loved, beloved. Thank you so much for that poem, Cesarina. Uh, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, let's feel into how you're feeling, if any song is coming up, if anything to do with living life like a poem or living life in the form of poetry comes up. So I'll, I will just offer a song today to everyone listening just to, um, as a meditation, as a experience of their own self in this moment in a new way. So just being open, playful, and curious to allow the sound that's coming for all of us in the moment, fresh sound, fresh song to come in and See how it feels for you, what it does. See how it moves you. It might bring you a verse or a poem in itself, or it may simply feel good to your heart or feel like it's bringing some type of love, some type of light or lightness to you. And um, that's my wish. That's my intention. Oh, um, love it. I, yes. I, I did bring my little... Um, um, so begin the song and I use my little bell and then at the end I'll use the bell again to bring us out so that if it's like an experience it's gentle it's easy it's just a couple minutes and um, you simply allow yourself to feel it so amazing <clears throat> coming into the stillness together with Paula and myself, just inviting all of us to enter this moment with a curiosity, with an open being, open heart, open mind, open everything to receive.
continues even after the our ears have captured the melody the sound will continue to enter in and go in and out of our awareness and continue to do its magic i call it magic because um it can be defined what sound and light together create it's a mystery of life and we want to keep that mystery whole and um mysteries are for fun to, to be discovered in time so uh, we'll allow that to happen for you later but for now it was delightful to um, bring a little sound for your moment to see where it takes you and if it inspires you to write something you could go back re-listen and, and see if something, some verse or some new poem, and of course you can let Paula know if you, you write some new poetry as a result of listening to her podcast. That would be lovely to know. <laughs> ah, you're amazing. Um, every time I hear you sing it, it takes me somewhere so far away and deep that I find it hard to come back and use words straight away. And I can already give you feedback that I was on the sea somewhere I traveled and it was either a sea or an ocean. And um, I'll definitely let you know what, what comes out of that. And absolutely, I'd love to hear, even if it's just a verse or a word or an expression from my listeners, um, what, what that is. And maybe we can join them all up and make a, a collective poem. That's what comes up to me, a collective song. Wow, thank you so much for your magic, uh, Cesarina, for your magical being and for your gift. You're the gift that keeps on giving, you are. <laughs> and uh, to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm absolutely sure that you did. Remember to live your life like a poem, be poetry. Just give it a try and see what comes up for you. And until next time, take care of your poetic souls. Mm -hmm.